Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Marathi Jagdish and Ryan Huang. Time now for The Bigger Picture. And the rising cost of energy is definitely fueling inflation fears as well, which is weighing on the minds of investors these days. I understand, Ryan, you'll be looking more closely into this today. That's right. So this power crunch is unfolding from Europe to Asia. And if you look at what's happening in terms of ripple effects, the supplies of aluminium is being squeezed. In fact, there's price it's now at a 13-year high. We've sort of got industrial metals also rallying. And that is off the back of oil prices also surging. WTI briefly hitting seven-year highs and partly driven by the shortage of natural gas that has increased demand for other energy sources. To get a bigger picture, we've got Thomas Tor. He is the head of APAC iShares Investment Strategy at BlackRock. Morning, Thomas. How are you doing today? Hey, morning, Ryan. Happy Tuesday. How are you? <laughs> Happy Tuesday, <laughs> Thomas. So let's get into the main crux of the matter, inflation. How real is it? Is it here to stay and how do investors manage this? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And I think that's the number one question we're getting asked from clients at the moment. I mean, inflation, the threat of inflation is something we've been talking about ever Mm. since 2020 and particularly the need to get some kind of inflation protection. And and I think for us, you know, we understand that that inflation is going to be less transitory than what has been priced in previously. I think the big difference for us is we are still relatively pro-risk because we think that central banks, particularly the Fed, uh, will take this in stride and continue to be a little bit more dovish than what the market might be expecting at the moment. I heard you earlier mention the tapering in November. I think that will probably mm. that will probably happen. And then in terms of interest rate hikes, the, the market is expecting December 2022. So I think that's the main the main point when it comes to inflation. What the Fed are going to do on the back of that. Yeah, Thomas, dig a bit uh, deeper. For a long time, we've been talking about Tina or even Trina. There is no other alternative when it comes to investing. <laughs> yeah. So where can investors find protection from inflation these days? Yeah, there's Tina, Trina, FOMO. I mean, there's all kinds of acronyms for investing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, for us, it's certainly not in uh, your traditional bonds, tre- U.S. treasuries. We're actually underweight U.S. treasuries. I think, you know, in regards to where interest rates are and the, the interest rate environment that we're going to continue to be in, when you're looking at inflation protection, you might actually need to be more in things like like equity. You know, so if you look at what traditionally performs well when interest rates start to, to rise, yield curves start to steepen, um, energy is the obvious one, as mm. we're seeing now. And as you mentioned, the other one could be something like financials uh, in regards to a sector allocation. And, and then also, you know, treasury inflation protection, which is, has been a big, a big uh, trend for us uh, this year is, is money moving in, into our TIPS ETFs. Okay, so you've got financials and energy on your list of sectors to look out for. If you look at markets geographically, uh, where do you sit on China right now? So we've just moved tactically overweight uh, on China, uh, so over the next sort of 6 to 12 months, which, you know, we're getting a lot of press about because, you know, China is obviously still in a very volatile environment, particularly offshore China. But I think the, the view here is that at current valuations combined with the fact that we still see investors being underweight Chinese equities over the last two, three, even even longer number of years, we think that investors are looking at this as an opportunity to, to raise their allocation to China back to neutral hmm. uh, in their benchmarks, which, which is, uh, which is you know, when you say neutral, that's actually quite bullish because there is a lot of underweights happening, happening there. So the preference for us is 
China tactically and also European equities where we, we have been overweight uh, and U.S. equities were actually neutral um, at the moment. So those are the three main regions. Uh, and then Japan as well, we're, we're also neutral. Okay. And if you look at outside Japan and outside China, uh, what are the performers, outperformers this year that you expect? We are, of course, uh, looking at some of the emerging markets that might jump back into recovery mode. Yes. Um, and that's, I mean, that's the rotation trade. So, right. So um, it started in China last year. You know, you look at what are the countries where the economies where, you know, number one, uh, you're getting, um, you're getting a return to economic normalcy. You know, China was the first. Uh, and then you combine that with central banks, which continue to be accommodative. Mm. Once China moved to slightly more uh, of a tightening mode, then we start to see the salt in March. That rotation then happens into Europe and then into the U.S. And now what we're seeing is, as you mentioned, emerging markets. And that's kind of the trend at the moment. I mean, if you look at something like India, one of the top performers of the year, I was actually reading that that's about to become the fifth biggest market in the world, which mm. is going to surpass the U.K. And then I think it's going to rotate into uh, into some of the other markets that tick the boxes I just mentioned, Indonesia being one of them, possibly Malaysia, Thailand, some of these more Southeast Asian, Asian economies, which are, are a little bit further back in, ter- in terms of uh, COVID progress and return to economic normalcy combined with a, with a accommodative central bank. And Thomas, when you talk about allocation, um, how does U.S. stocks sit on your list? Because we've got a couple of things there. You've got the infrastructure bill still underway and you have the debt ceiling issues. There is a bit of an overhang. And of course, all the talk about a rotation away from tech right now. Yeah, so within the U.S., as I mentioned, we are um, uh, neutral at the moment uh, for equities. Uh, but, you know, you still have to bear in mind that U.S. equities, if you look at a global benchmark, is still 60% of the allocation, right? So it's still a big allocation. Um, and then within that, we sort of delve down and we see uh, in, in regards to what we are more uh, bullish on. Mm-hmm. Uh, small caps uh, is one of them. Uh, we think that will be uh, an area that will continue to um, uh, get some uh, positive feedback loops from, from the reopening uh, as well as the, the central bank. Um, and then also in factors and things like quality. So quality companies um, which have strong balance sheets, healthcare. Uh, technology is also in that. Um, so we're, we, we're a little bit more of a barbell approach when it comes to U.S. On the one side, a little bit more defensive with quality and then barbelling that with taking some more risk in places like U.S. small caps. All right. I've been sharing Thomas Tall. He is the head of APAC for iShares Investment Strategy at BlackRock. Thomas, thank you so much for your time this morning. My pleasure. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.